Hi, this is Helen, and thank you for joining me for a cup of teal. Teal is shorthand for the future of work. It means bringing your whole self to work, a focus on purpose and self-management. And this podcast is a chat over a cup of tea with the people who are making this happen in health, care and public services. Stories of self-management in action. Mary had a significant role in helping change the culture at Cornerstone. And in this podcast, she describes three main ways that they achieved that. She's also got a new job and she introduces her new role at Mencap. And we talk about some of the early changes that we're seeing there already. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to speak to Mary. We met a couple of years ago when Mary brought a team of colleagues from Cornerstone to come and meet up with us at Wellbeing Teams for a mutual exchange of support, ideas and inspiration. And Mary, I would love you to share some of how you were part of changing the culture at Cornerstone. Welcome. Hi, Helen. Uh, Lovely to be here today. Thank you very much for the invite and the opportunity to talk about my journey. I worked at Cornerstone for six and a half years. I was the director of Cornerstone Central, which was a business support functions. And as part of that role, I was also in charge of implementing the the strategy Local Cornerstone. And that was a new model of care that, that we had come up with to make things better for the people we supported at Cornerstone. And everything that we do or did was put them at the heart of any decisions that we made. And we had to go through a transformational change process for that to happen. And I think probably the thing to highlight is the biggest changes around culture and the difference that you have to make to be able to undertake transformational change journey. And there were some great things that that we did that that really helped colleagues at Cornerstone. One was around, we reviewed all the policies and procedures. We only had policies where there was a legal or regulatory requirement and everything else that we did, we changed into one-page guidelines. And, And colleagues at Cornerstone found that hugely beneficial. The other thing about the culture change, I think one of the the successes that we did was introduced a How Can I campaign. So it wasn't about saying, no, you couldn't do this. It was more about, okay, if we could do that, how could we do it? So it was, how can I help you? How can we make that happen? And how could you then think about elements, whether it be financial, regulatory, quality of care? And the, and the difference it was going to make uh, for the people that were supported at Cornerstone. So I think they were two of the, the big things that, that we did at Cornerstone and, and part of my role that, that helped make that happen. All of it using a coaching approach. And it wasn't just about the coaches having a coaching approach. It was about um, the whole organisation, no matter what role you were in, having a coaching approach. Please tell me a bit more about that, because in my conversations with Adele, we wrestled with the notion of coaching and what coaches could do, what they shouldn't do. So you're talking about a whole coaching approach for everybody and having some people who have roles of coaches. Is that right? Yes, we had dedicated coaches. And I think there was the belief at the beginning that only coaches would coach. And we had to then communicate notes about everyone using a coaching approach. The coaches themselves went through the GROW model. 
But again, we had learned from other organisations as well about what approach they had taken and, and what had worked well going through a transformational change like this and in introducing self-organised teams. But we very quickly learned it was about every colleague using a coaching approach and that's how you do really then start to change a culture. And um, what else would you say were the key ingredients to changing a culture? How did you shift everybody towards a coaching approach? What, what was your process for doing that? One of the, the approaches we, we used was insights discovery. And that was uh, a tool that we used uh, from Insights that as soon as somebody wanted to work in a self-organised way, they went through training. And the training they actually really enjoyed and fed back on was the Insights Discovery that taught them things like how to communicate with me, how not to communicate with me, you know, what are my blind spots. And when you've got every member of the team having that opportunity and being given that information, it means people can start to learn more about themselves. They can start to learn more about how to work more collaboratively as a team and, and how do you have that high functioning team and that coupled with using the kind of coaching approach and how can I help you know how can I help you colleague if you have that blind spot for example that's when you can really start to see a big difference and the team dynamics really started to to shine through in relation to that. That's fascinating. So a coaching approach has to start with a much deeper understanding of yourself and your communication styles and your blind spots and a whole organization approach to not giving people the answers or offering advice, but starting with different kinds of questions to help people uncover the answers themselves. Yes, and it's also about, it's not just about giving them training at the beginning and then leaving them to it. Having the coaches meant they then had that support that they needed, you know, changing business support to use a how can I approach anytime they were contacted, that also helped it. So it's it's a culture that had to be weaved into the whole process, not just at the start of the journey. Um, and I think over time, as you start to do that more and more, that's when you start to see the real changes and the, the real benefit. And that then leads to, you know, colleagues feeling they can make decisions, they are trusted, they do have that autonomy and empowerment that they're looking for. They, they then are able to make the right decisions for the, for the people that they're supporting at the end of the day. That's what it's always all about. And any decision or any action ever taken should always be to the benefit of people being supported. Thank you, because I know with some organisations that I'm supporting at the moment, the question that we're asking ourselves is, how can people do their best work? So people who are employed by the organisation, how can they do their best work every day? And how can we make sure the decision making is as close to people, uh, as well as in people's hands, as much as possible? And one of the keys, as you've said, is making sure that we're really clear what the regulations and the law expect. And we've got clear guidance about what we we can do. But how do you ensure that particularly people delivering supports are clear about what they can and can't do? Brené Brown talks about clear being kind and being absolutely clear what the boundaries to decision making are. So how did you pull that off? Using the policies and guidelines, which are simple and easy to understand, um, is a big part of it. 
and also training you know they need to be given the training and need to be given support and you need to be open and honest so the example I always give is like delegations of authority is a non-negotiable that's something that you always have to adhere to no matter what organization you're in or whatever way you're working Um, and therefore you know the, the obligation when you're going through a change like this is to make sure that colleagues are clear in relation to what they can and they can't do internal communication tools are an important part of that um, the channels that they can go and look things up um, the channels of people they can go and approach and that's what we used to say you've got leaders you've got coaches you've got business support functions you know go and ask just ask um, if you need help with anything at all and if you can't locate it yourselves but try and where you can to use technology people like to just find things within a click or a couple of clicks and they've got the information they need and again how you then set up your technology to be able to do that it significantly helps as well and people talk a lot about the significance of the Burtzorg web in enabling Burtzorg to do what it does so brilliantly what's the cornerstone equivalent at cornerstone we were using microsoft teams and probably we're starting to use it more and more when uh, coronavirus hit as well. Um, so the, there was the opportunity there where it probably accelerated using it and, and more information was on there and, and was evolving all the time. And I think that's a big part of going through a change like this is to let things evolve, you know, for the benefit of colleagues or, or people being supported. Please, will you explain to people again, Mary, what your role title was and then what your advice might be to people in similar roles who want to move in this direction? My role at Cornerstone was director of Cornerstone Central. Uh, so all the business support roles, apart from finance, they reported to the chief finance officer. I was also in charge of strategy implementation of local Cornerstone, which was a new strategy which introduced new ways of working and a new model of care. And my role was to drive that forward. And I think the advice to people, and this is where we started, was if you could start with a blank sheet of paper and set up your organisation from the beginning and put the people that you're supporting at the heart of everything that you do and only introduce things or elements that you need that enhances you know the quality of life for someone we support or the service then then have that as part of your organization and if it's not then don't do it or if you know you're an existing organization stop doing it and one of the very simple approaches that, that I have always taken is that stop start continue methodology and, and using that approach to then make a difference. So one approach, as you've just suggested, is start with a blank piece of paper and design your organisation from scratch with people at the centre. And we've just been talking and I was explaining how I was using Erin Dignan's work with the ready cards to help people start to remove what was getting in the way of them doing their best work. But the world's changed for both of us, uh, hasn't it, Mary? So in January, I was delighted to join the board at Mencap for a session. And I believe it was one of Adele's first days in her new role there as CEO. And um, you've got a new job as well, haven't you? Yes, I am on week eight and I have started at Maincap. I am the executive uh, director of transformation. I oversee the strategy, research, impact evaluation and project management. Um, And Maincap have a new strategy. Uh, The next big plan 
um, and my job is to bring that to life and to make that happen along with the 9,000 other fabulous colleagues that we have at MainCamp. Thank you. And I reshared something that Adele posted on LinkedIn recently, which was a beautiful, colourful circular diagram. Could you say a bit more about that? Yes, that is our leadership wheel. So in our organisation chart, it's not about hierarchy, as you can see. It's just about us all being working as one and, and working as wheels turn. And you'll see from the the leadership wheel that has been shared is that there are people at the centre and that is the people with learning disabilities that we support at MENCAP and it's also our colleagues as well. And again, anything that any of us are doing, that's where the focus should be, but a very uh, simple structure and and easy to understand. And that is our organisation chart and a, a very new way of working. Thank you. So already um, in Adele's first, oh, I don't know if she's at 100 days or way past 100 days, but but moving past, moving beyond an organisational structure that's the traditional triangle to something that really clearly has people at the centre uh, and everybody else um, around that in their leadership roles. So Mary, I'm so delighted that we will um, have the opportunity to catch up every few months and hear how your new role's going and how your sharing and putting into practice all that you've learned from Cornerstone um, and I hope to keep learning from and with Cornerstone too. So thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to hearing. Thank you Helen. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your reflections. Please tweet me. I'm at Helen at WB Teams. This podcast is a companion to Open Teams. On this podcast, we share the voices and stories of pioneering organisations in health, care and public services. And on Open Teams, you can see the documents that they're using. Have a look at openteams.co.uk. And if you're interested in wellbeing teams, please come and find me on LinkedIn, where I share a weekly two-minute film or my blog site, helensanderson.net. And finally, if you're interested in self-management and need some support along the way, I'd love to hear from you. I'm at helen at wellbeingteams.org. Thank you.